and then we'll get there. Um, oh, I got the budget here. Whoa. So I have uh, made a um, question today. All right. I've made a question. I've written a question and I called it the wrong question. Um, so Jesus uh, will be approached by a man uh, famous in the Gospels because he's in three of them. Um, and he will ask Jesus a question and he seems a little bit different than most of the people because um, he does seem sincere the matter is is he really asking the right question or is he asking the wrong question um, but let's read together from 1916 thank you Lee and behold a man came up to, to him that's Jesus saying teacher what good deed must I do to have eternal life and he said to him, why do you ask me what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. Oh, sorry. Okay, you do it. <laughs> uh, he said to him, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these I've kept, what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you will be perfect, go sell all you sell what you possess and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. When the young man heard these heard this he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions and Jesus said to his disciples truly I say to you only with difficulty will a rich man enter the kingdom of heaven and again I tell you it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God when the disciples heard this they were greatly astonished saying who then can be saved But Jesus looked at him and said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And Peter said in reply, see we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, in the new world when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on the twelfth thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or children or lands for my name's sake will receive it a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life so the reason why I said if you just go back to the first slide, the reason why I said or have taken this as I was sitting writing the sermon, just thinking about it, is because I think he's—I think the man comes with the wrong question. 
I, I think he is um he's wanting he's has a longing and he knows he's tr- he's trying he he is not out to trick Jesus he is not out to get him by making him answer a wrong question he has this longing and he knows something's not quite right and his big question is what is it that I must do to have eternal life well I think that's the wrong question to ask have you ever asked the wrong question that was my introduction of God. <laughs> I have many times asked the wrong questions sometimes teachers say there's no wrong questions they are lying there's plenty of wrong questions because they're like if it's in the text you should have read it's the wrong question because you've exposed exposed yourself that you didn't do your homework (laughs) so it's the wrong question have some of you dared to ask somebody if they were pregnant and they were not (laughs) that is the wrong question (laughs) in church for instance as me and this was an embarrassing one is when I tell people is it your first time here and they say no (laughs) I've been here ten times oh that's the wrong question to ask so we have been in situations in our lives where we have asked wrong questions the interesting about this man is he's seeking out Jesus because he wants him to ask he wants to ask this question I think we can see in the way that Jesus is answering him he's trying to steer the guy to make him see that he's asking the wrong question now what is his main concern and I think his concern is, is, is right he's asking about eternal life but maybe even maybe even and this is what, so interesting it fits with my mindset maybe my read the text also because he's like he's worried about eternal life but what is eternal life for him what is it that he's thinking eternal life is because it seems like the questions the man asks that he has this assumption that if he does some good deed then he will get eternal life I think that's the wrong question that's why I think it's well that's why I think it's the wrong question that he's asking because it seems like he thinks he can inter- he can earn eternal life so Jesus is trying to steer him the right way and starts asking him obviously an obvious question Uh, first he starts by just asking maybe you correcting him in the beginning because he says what do you mean by a good deed like all you who are evil (laughs) like what good deed? And Jesus says, like, there's only one who's good. He's trying to steer him towards God, like, there's only one that's good. In some of the other gospels, it's like, are you saying, I, are you saying I'm, are you saying I'm good? There's only one good, so you're saying I'm divine? Are you saying that? Or So he's, Jesus is trying to steer him a little bit and be like, okay, you 
you're asking about a good deed you want to do so that you can earn eternal life or have eternal life. But I think you misunderstand what good is. But let, let me just, Jesus then gently points him towards the law and then saying, keep the commandments. Hang on. Keep the commandments. And then you would maybe say like, oh, man, God, how can I do that? But not this man. <laughs> this man is a striver. He's a type, every, uh, type A kind of person. He's like, I, will, I can and will do this, you know. But he's still going like, oh, okay, not the small ones, Jesus. I'm, I want the big one. I want the one that will give me eternal life. Not the, 606, not the 613. Which ones are the big ones? But just the ones that will give me eternal life. So Jesus starts listing the big ones. He's like, don't murder people. Don't commit adultery. Don't bear false witness. Honor your father your mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so we have gone with Jesus through his teaching in Sermon on the Mount. So this means way more than this man maybe knows. Because he says, I've done all those things. And so maybe he did. But as we have read through the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus' teaching, and the thing that was expo- exposes man later, he probably didn't. But he just says, "I have all these. I have kept all these. What's, what? 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 What do I still need to do?" Then Jesus again, again kindly turns the conversation with the man. But I was just, when I was, can you take the red slide? Because I think there's, there's one, big, one big thing missing here. Jesus doesn't say this one. But he was trying to steer him this way. He's trying to say, it's not your deeds. Because why go to heaven if you hate the God that's there? You want eternal life, but with who? The main commandment of all is from Deuteronomy. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Jesus was trying to steer him to this verse. But he was looking, he was looking for a task he could do, something so that he could make sure that he would get eternal life. but did he really love God and his neighbors? Uh, I think just take the next slide. So, yeah, so, yeah, what this slide says, like, (laughs) Jesus is trying to get the man to understand that it's not about an action he can do. It's about getting to know God, his goodness and his love so that he would love God and obey his commandments. Not that he could just pick another commandment or the most important commandment and then he would save himself. And Jesus, he's so good so he continues to engage with the man 
And he, um, his response, <laughs> I mean, it's so good Jesus is Jesus and it's not me because I'll be like, are you sure you kept all the commandments all the time? <laughs> but Jesus doesn't, he doesn't argue with him, but he does say, um, Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give it to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. Jesus has only said that to very, very few people. Come and follow me. So of course this guy is going to just like the disciple, he's going to say, I'm going to come, I'm going to do that, I'm going to follow you. No, he is not. And maybe this is what he knew was, maybe that's why he had such a longing to have some kind of thing he had to do. But when Jesus shows him what it is that he has to do, this great invitation that Jesus gives him that he gives so so few. He goes away sorrowful because he had great possessions. His heart was laid, his heart was exposed so then he might have an idol God. He might not have been as generous as he could have. Jesus showed him with a great love and invitation, if you give this up, then come follow me. But it does not go that way. He goes away sorrowful. One of the commentators pointed out the sad truth that this is the only one who rejects Jesus after given this invitation like this. Like a direct invitation, not like a lot of people, but a direct invitation. He is the only one who rejects that one. So this man was very rich here on earth. Jesus asked him to give up the things that he had so he would gain treasure in heaven. But he couldn't do it. He couldn't and wouldn't do it. And then there's the <laughs> the great phrase of the things we have, do we own them or do they own us? In this case, it seems like the things that he has own him. And then even that from our offerings, we know this is not really true because even what we say we own is not really ours. It's God's. Because God owns everything ultimately. 
the sad thing was that this man, what he said he so longed for, he he wasn't willing to have eternal life when Jesus said what he had to do. Because it wasn't really ever about the possession, was it? No, it was about whether he had trust and wanted to obey God. He didn't found it worth enough to come and follow Jesus. And therefore he went away sorrowful. And he rejected what he said he really wanted. But maybe he came because he had a fear of death. Maybe he wanted the idea of living forever. But what about us? It's a little bit what Myers asked us. What about us? What do we think about when we think about eternal life? Do we have this view like, oh, I'm afraid of death, so therefore I'll say, okay, eternal life is a good thing. With, I'm not exactly sure what it is, but it's a good thing, so I want that because I don't really, I f- like, I fear death, so I want this. This seems to be better. And even when we come to worship together, even a whole relationship with God, is it is it about me performing? Is it about me doing different tasks? Is it about God would really love me if I serve better, if I do better, and if I do this, then I will get eternal life. And and it's not that way. It's the wrong question. Because like we said before, it's... It's not a performance that gets us into heaven. It's our humility and our hearts bowing to love God for who he is and recognize that we are not God, but he is. That when we look at Jesus, his life and his death, his resurrection, his coming back, we are, we are filled with excitement and awe because of what Jesus has done. Love, love for what he, him and all the things that he has done so that it's possible for us to be with God. And so it wasn't our performance. It's always been about what God did. Was there trust in people's heart that God provided. That the prize of not just Christmas, but every relationship we've ever had with God was to be with God. That's the gift. Not just eternal life, but to be with God in unhindered unhindered presence of God without us being destroyed because we're sinful (laughs) but but being cleansed by what Jesus has done and so we can stand with God now this man is sometimes called all sorts of things the rich young ruler the 
the the different things and and any person in the Bible, including Peter and the other disciples, it's so easy to see how wrong they are. <laughs> but this story also, through the Holy Spirit, is there for us to have our hearts laid bare about what is it really we are living for. And in our performance culture, it's easy for us to think that I can earn this. Like, I can, Jesus, just tell me what to do. I'll do it, I'll earn it. Well, like, Jesus, certainly now you must love me more because I helped that person. Or Jesus, you must hate me today because I made a mess of my day. But we've talked about, or I've tried to talk about this many times, that that's not, a, that's not the way God sees us. That we didn't earn the love that God has given. God gives it. And so, if we have been made new, it is not because we did did some great um, some great deeds, and I I think maybe it's just good to visit that all the time. That it's not about how our performance is because of but what, what he did, and then I think we change the way we do things. I'm supposed to, I think I'm saying it later, but I think there's this, it, this is not saying we don't do good deeds. Because James would say, no, you don't have faith if you don't have good deeds. So that, but, oh, what are you talking about? Well, it's not a contrast because if we are really changed by this love, if we love our Lord, if you love love the Lord your God with all heart, soul, and strength, and we know what Jesus has done, then James would say it is impossible to have that faith without deeds. But it's not the other way around. It is not the deeds that can save. But if there are salvation, there will be deeds. So that was just to, just to clarify. And then we have, um, <laughs> I, you know, this, it, Peter is always so good, you know, he's going to ask the question again to help us. Because I, even as I was thinking this, and I was thinking, you know, I even said it before, that because who did this? The disciples gave up everything and followed Jesus. Matthew, p- Matthew potentially was rich. Maybe. My kids will always say, like, he stole the money. But we don't know. But, he, uh, the fishermen well they just have a few boats yeah but it's still like they give up I mean the widow has two coins she gives up everything they give up what they have to follow Peter's gonna ask hey <laughs> hey I gave up everything what do I get we'll get there <laughs> we just have to we just have to go through the rich people the rich thing first 
because Jesus has to correct some teaching that comes from the Old Testament, which is also true, uh, but it's not a guarantee. And this is where Jesus says, um, in 23, and Jesus says to his disciples, truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Then the reaction here in 25, when the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And then Peter's going to ask the question, can you put the camel thing on? Like the... So there's a much debate, especially from the Mark translation, whether this is a camel or a rope or something. This is just way more fun. Uh, I, <laughs> I think, like I think, in Matthew, uh, the pictures Jesus uses they are so absurd all the way through. Like to ten thousand talents, we talked about. It's impossible. So Jesus here is saying this is impossible. It's not even close to be impossible. Because what does the text say? Jesus is underlying that you are not going to save yourself by your deeds. That's impossible. Only God can save because he can do the impossible. But the issue is Jesus has to correct some teaching because, because Abraham, you know, Abraham was rich. David was rich. And Solomon was rich and other people of God were rich. And so uh, um, a teaching was now that that if you are rich, you are blessed by God. But that's not exactly what Jesus here is saying. He's actually saying it is more difficult for the rich. So then we also have today and then at this point riches is not a sign necessarily that you are blessed by God. Maybe it can be but it's not 100% like if you have riches then you are blessed. You can also look to rich people today and other things. We are not thinking that maybe that all those are blessed. Someone might even be cursed for that. No, it's depending how do we steward what has been given also. So then uh, Jesus has to correct this teaching about, is there, there's some quote slides there about this, I think. Yes, that one. Um, yes, that's fine. Could you take the other one you just had before? I thought, it, oh yeah. Yes, I like this one also. Because the, there's been all these uh, attempts to make this thing make sense. And they also saying there's a narrow gate in the wall. Yeah, but there is no historical evidence that this should be possible. And also, if Jesus is making an absurd statement, then it's n- it cannot be possible. So like, I can put a, I can put a camel through this gate if I put it on its knees and drag it in, but then it's possible. But Jesus is making the point that it's impossible. But only possible with God.
Do I have more quotes? It's just I tease you out of quotes all the time. There's no more. Oh, that's a good quote though. So this uh, wax person um, lays out the whole thing of like how this, how what Jesus says is just exposes the man. That he's uh, debile, that he's covetousness, um, and that he has neglected the poor and his neighbor, and his uh, a love for his possessions surpasses the love for God, and he breaks the first commandment, idolatry. So the guy said, "I have followed all these commandments," but he goes away breaking most of them because his hearts belong to his money alright um, <laughs> then then Jesus you know Jesus not Jesus then Peter he would like to know <laughs> he's like I don't know you see him in the corner he's like putting out his finger <laughs> you know we left everything and followed you I'm just hypothetically asking what do we get <laughs> uh, <laughs> so then uh, Jesus goes into and I, he's so nice I mean he's so good like you could <laughs> if you were Jesus you could be like ah, dude like we've been over this time and time again you're supposed to be like a child you're not supposed to ask all the time what you get you're just supposed to serve with a joyful grateful heart and then you'll see when we get there but he doesn't say that he says and he actually explains now how a person inherits eternal life he says to the disciples that um, that those who follow him um, Jesus said truly I say to you in the new world when the son of man will sit on his glorious throne you who have followed me will also sit on the twelve tribes judging the twelve tribes of Israel and everyone who has left houses and brothers, sisters or fathers or mothers or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life this was the question the man had but he went away before he heard the answer because he was not willing to follow now a curse just a small warning is also when Jesus says those of you who follow because some at least one of his disciples is not going to follow Judas will not be among them so we Jesus answers the whole question of like how and you have eternal life by giving up everything you have and following him and then you will receive a hundred times back a hundred times again it, it's the highest it's the number of amazing much that he also used with uh, the parable of a sower but it's just a it's just a number to because because it's like you will inherit eternal life 
That's what the prize is. But the rich young, rich young man had already left and he didn't understand that he had to become poor before he could become rich and have eternal life and trust God's word and not his own. So then we're left with this, but what does this all mean about me? You know, I don't have much. I'm a poor student. Uh, I, uh, maybe you're rich. But what, what, is my, what, what must I do to have a, a, a eternal life? Religi- uh, some of you like give me a list of religious deeds and I'll do them all and I'll earn it I am I am strong enough to do that and some of you have tried that and you just we are exposed when Jesus says it's not just about the deeds it's about the thoughts and minds and everything about it too I can do those deeds but I can still think everyone's annoying and frustrating so maybe some of you have tried it and, and you know you can't make it and and some of you are doing so well doing this but but the call is still to come and follow right the call is not to keep the 513 laws the the call is that it's done we hear it's done before the world began we we heard, heard that the deed was done before God because God provided so the question would be like do we trust in God do we trust in Jesus' life and his death and his work do we put our faith and trust in him in his resurrection and and, and we are great hope is that he's coming back do I trust in God's work and not my own then you insert the thing that there should be works but they should be there for because our church hearts have been changed the thing is impossible what Jesus says is impossible by our own to save ourselves we can't appease God with our actions but with hearts transformed by his Holy Spirit We can put our faith and hope and trust in God to provide eternal life. Because our, like last time, our debt was so unpayable. It was 100,000 talents or 10,000 talents or whatever it was. We, we could not pay that back. And back to what Meyer said, like God shows his love for us. Then while we were still sinners, he gave his son for us. We read later that this was done this was done before the earth began, and everyone ever trusted in God to provide this salvation and give us eternal life. It's possible by Jesus' work and by God's work, not our own. And so that's the hope we have to put our hope and trust in Jesus and not to think that we can save ourselves. There's the last note is maybe that's just just a few minutes of self-reflection because maybe it's not money for me maybe it's not money for you but when you're really honest what are the things that sometimes gets in the way 
like is it like status my kids my education my job what are the things that sometimes get a place it really shouldn't and you just hear the call of Jesus like no it's about following me first into freedom and also if you are a religious person and you've followed Jesus a long time I really do think there's a very very um, real thing that Paul also talks to the Galatians about like why do you think you're now saved by your works instead of the one that you trusted in the beginning because I think there can be a change of like, am I really putting my faith and trust in Jesus and that's where I get my value, worth and dignity and all those things and from that love I live? Or am I doubting that and starting to say, Lord, look at what I have done, you must love me, right? But then we have misunderstood the good news that that was before we did that. So it's an invitation, just like Jesus, it's an invitation to come with Jesus with whatever we have and lay it down and say, it's yours. Help me to steward it well. I know maybe this is a dumb, I don't know, maybe it's not smart to say it's a dumb example, but we've had some unforeseen expenses (laughs) recently. And I just, I would say to the Lord, you know, I've tried the best to get the best deal, but you know what? It's your money. It's not mine. I would prefer not to pay, <laughs> but but it's your money. I know that's I know that's a money example, but what about what if that's all all area of all areas of our heart? Like, what if it's my time? Like, what if it's all the different areas where we said, Lord, it's yours. I would just think maybe we'd be way more free, and we would have maybe a little more joy. And be like, oh, it's George Jesus. <laughs> like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the best I can with what I got, and I'm just giving it to you. And just knowing that He's secured internal life, I'm not securing it. That's just uh, the encouragement for today. Um, like every time, I keep maybe not saying it often enough. But if you need somebody to pray with you, if you need somebody to talk to, then please do that. Um, and just round up. Last time. I heard three people's stories at dinner. I was amazingly blessed and it was amazing to hear those three stories. So if you have the chance, ask people their stories while you eat. I know it can be chaotic also, but I was hugely blessed to hear three stories I never heard before. So that's just an encouragement as well. All right, let's pray. Um, Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you that you had planned before the world began to how you were going to redeem us. And it wasn't about how well we were going to do, but it was because you chose to make a way to be able to love us. And Lord, I pray for all of us that we would understand this better and better each day. That we will surrender ourselves fully every day and, and try 
we try to just grow more and more and lay more of our own uh, more of our own living for ourselves away so we have room to live for you and we will grow in the joy of that even as that might be sacrificial and but we will see the joy of you as we obey with joy those things uh, mold our hearts because at least mine is not always so easy to do that so we ask for that as I ask for anybody who doesn't know you Lord that they've heard the good news today that Jesus you've made it possible through your life your death and your resurrection that we can have eternal life and be forgiven and not just have eternal life have a sinless life not struggling with sin and being in their presence and it starts now so we ask that you help us um, live this out and rest in these things as well it's for your glorious name Amen um, if you take the last slide I think that is the benediction for today so if you will stand up and we'll have um, Thess- that's a hard word to say the Thessalonians Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Amen.